Podcasters, I'm Lauren Keenan, and this is a series about the do's and don'ts of renovating for profit. We're a couple that likes to get things done. I'm a designer and an interior stylist. G'day, I'm Scott Keenan. I'm a creative podcast producer here, and I've got a big interest in property and travel. And we're excited to bring you this series, Adventures in Renovating for Profit. It's about what we've learned in our renovation projects and how you can avoid the pitfalls when you take on your next renovation for profit challenge. And coming up, we've got more tips from experts so that you can create a home that you love and make a profit at the same time. If you can add value to something that you bought well and then get some uh, rental growth and rental return as well as capital growth in the long term, you know, that's most probably you're on a winner. So let's get stuck into it, Scotty. This is Adventures in Renovating for Profit. Yeah, and today's podcast is thanks to Mortgage Choice Neutral Bay, our trusted mortgage broker who can help to find the right home loan for you. And Lauren, in this episode, we're talking about the last step in completing completing your renovation project, and that's either selling the property or renting it out. We are, Scotty, and there's actually lots to think about. And I think when you're taking on a renovation for profit project, you do tend to get caught up in all the physical work and the trades and all the different things you need to do to get the property to this stage. But this is actually a really important step and you need to give it some thought along the way. This is crunch time. It's when you get to hopefully reap the benefits of all your hard work that you've put in for the last six, eight, 12 weeks, however long your timeline's been for the project. And we've done it a couple of times and we've done it a couple of different ways. We've bought and sold and we've bought and rented out. Yeah. So today, some of our tips are going to be a little bit different depending on whether you're planning to flip or plan to rent out, but there are some common ideas. So I think maybe we should talk through those ones first. Yeah. And we heard from Daniel Acox in the opener there. He's from the agency in Bondi. He's a, a well-credentialed and experienced uh, real estate agent, and we'll be hearing more from him during the course of this episode. A, if you're a real estate agent in Bondi, I'm sure you are. You know exactly what you're talking about because properties are changing hands there all the time. Yeah. Look, Bondi is uh, just as challenged as any market right now. Um, and Daniel talks a lot about micro markets. You know, we hear in you know, newspapers and on TV, people talking about the Sydney or the Melbourne market. But let's get real here. Um, Sydney is made up of many, many different markets. And there are some suburbs that are performing much better than others. And of course, at the moment, many suburbs are not doing well. And he talks about that in, in the next episode that's coming. We'll bring you that full interview. But he's got a couple of tips in this podcast too. So the first thing I want to talk about, Scotty, is timing. Timing is really important. I know this probably sounds really obvious, but don't wait until you've finished everything to arrange visits from agents. Yeah, it's a good tip. Um, imagine getting to the end of the project and thinking, all right, I'm ready to sell now. And then you start looking for your agent. You've seen them do it on the block where they bring in their That's agents right. and their yep. auctioneers pretty close to the start of the project and they show them what they're looking to do. And they sort of point them in the right direction as to whether or not this or that is a good idea, you know, changing three bedrooms into four or um, swapping the location of the kitchen, things like that. I mean, you don't necessarily have to get people involved right at that very start. You can if you can't want hurt. to, can't yep. hurt. But definitely a couple of weeks before you're actually finishing the project, get a few people through, a few agents, let them know what you're doing, when you expect to be finished. 
you know, agents are used to seeing properties in, in all sorts of conditions. They're as good as anybody at visualising what the finished product's going exactly, to look like. Exactly, exactly right. And, you know, when you think about it, the agent's going to need a little bit of time to get their ducks in a row as well. They might need to organise a photographer to come and take some photographs of the property. They will have to write copy for the ad, whether or not you're renting or selling. They need to put their feelers out with potential buyers, and that can all take a week or two. Yeah, same with tenants too. If they're going to rent it out, they need to sort of talk to their list of people that they know are going to be interested. What that means is that when you have actually completely finished the renovation, all those other arrangements have already been made and you just press go. You can market it as soon as possible. And what's the risk though of of not doing that? If you do wait for whatever reason, you might um, have forgotten or got busy or you're not organized. If you're not organized and you don't have an agent when you're ready to push that go button or when you should be ready to push that go button, what's the risk? Well, I guess there can be a lot of risks. So if you're, regardless of whether you're going to be flipping it or putting renters in, you're going to be carrying the cost of that mortgage for extra time. So why would you waste a couple of weeks when if you had been organized, those tenants could have gone in there faster, which means you're not paying that mortgage. They're helping you do it. And that might be five, six, seven hundred dollars coming out of your pocket and off the bottom line of the result of your project. And the same goes for flipping. You know, you, you want to reap those profits as quickly as possible. Um, you may, you know, have trades bills still to pay. Um, get the cash. Get in. the cash. You've yeah. done the hard work, this step should go into your timeline at the beginning. So that's a key tip here that's to take away. That's just off the cuff. I just thought of that. <laughs> it wasn't in the run sheet. Get it in your Gantt chart. This... Get it in your timeline. <laughs> Are you making fun of my Gantt chart again? I'm not. I would never do that. It's uh, an important part of the process, but so is finding an, a good agent and doing it early in the process. Yeah, put clearly. it in the Gantt chart. Do it all in one morning. It only takes sort of half an hour per agent. Get them in, get them through. You're done. Tell me a little bit about finding an agent and finding a good agent. It's hard, right? It is hard. And we know from personal experience, you do sort of have to interview these people. It's it's almost like going back to our, our tradie checklist that we talked about um, last week or a few, sorry, a few episodes. A few episodes ago, episodes yeah. Ago. And I was thinking about this as well as we got prepared for this chat. And, and I was thinking about, well, what are the things that are important and what are the things that you'd need to have on your sort of real estate checklist? And there's a bunch of stuff and I can run through them. But for me, the main one was... You know, whether you, you like them, whether you can deal with them, whether they listen to you and understand what you're trying to get out of the project, what your expectations are, and that you can work together as a team. Getting a rapport with someone's really important to know that you can trust them because this is a big deal and you need to have someone that you can turn to, that you can ask questions that you, you know will come back to you with reliable information. It's a big expense and you are buying their expertise. You're buying their network. You're buying their marketing ability to get your, your house out there, your product out there into market and sold quickly. You know, there's a few things you've got to think about beyond that personal relationship. What are the fees or the commission? Yeah, and we're going to be talking about, well, Daniel's actually going to give us some information a little bit later about um, those actual numbers. But yeah, fees are really important because different agents will charge different amounts and you don't want to get ripped off. Are they known in the area? And do they have a track record of getting good results? Have they sold other properties like yours? Have they rented lots of properties in the area? Do they have a good understanding of, of who's looking for property in, in your suburb? And and were you able to find them via a recommendation? We've talked about that a lot in this series, and I think it absolutely applies to real estate agents as much as it does to builders, mortgage brokers, and whoever else you want to talk about. And here's an interesting one. We actually, just, just for fun, we uh, had someone come and value our current apartment where we're living a little while ago, yep. just to see what, you know, where we're at. And they actually gave me a list of 
past clients and their contact details. And obviously they'd cleared it with these clients yep. um, beforehand. And they were happy to take calls from other prospective sellers to make sure, you know, to give a basically a testimonial to, to find out what the experience was like using that agent. There aren't many that do that, but I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I agree. I remember when you told me that and I was like quite surprised. And I did think that that is- Like that's how confident they were. Yeah, and good on them. And that does instill confidence in the in the client. Like I'd be inclined then to ring those people yeah. and to follow up. And yeah. I think that's as good as a recommendation. Yeah, okay, it's coming from the source, but they can't control what those clients are going to say. And if they've had a good experience and they're happy to relay that, then that's all like good fodder for you and good information well, for yeah. you. Yeah, I mean, it can be, I guess it's hard if you're renovating in a big city like Sydney. There are so many agents and you may not have friends or family who've used the same agent in the same area that you're looking at. So, it's probably a little bit different than being in a regional area or a small town where maybe everybody knows each other. So one of the key things to consider when you are selecting a real estate agent is commission or fees, whether it's you're selling or renting a property. How much do those fees vary? Well, they can vary quite a lot. Um, a lot of it comes down to location and the old supply versus demand um, rule. And I know you actually spoke to our real estate expert, Daniel Acox, from the agency about this, and he had some really good advice about what you should expect to pay in fees from an agent. Should we have a listen? It varies in different markets, um, anywhere from one and a half to two and a half percent maybe even a little bit higher in um, some of the more uh, suburban areas. You might be paying up closer to the 3%. In different states, there is different structures um, depending on whether it's regulated or deregulated. There's also the costs included in marketing your property if you wanted to take it to market for sale. For the average property that we're selling um, in that half a million to $1.52 million range, you're most probably looking to spend seven or $8,000. Um, again, that will change in markets depending on whether the newspaper is a um, more important thing in that individual market. Rentals, again, change, but, you know, between 5 to 7 8%. So it varies know, quite a bit. It, it does vary. Even in the market that I work, it can vary depending on um, what two parties t- can negotiate, which is... And I guess if you've got a couple of properties with an agency, they might do you a deal, or if uh, there's, you know, you've got some other reason to, to negotiate Yeah, obvi- obviously, you know, we're, we're somewhat professional negotiators. Um, so, therefore, if we can get more business out of somebody, we're most probably prepared to look after somebody a little bit more. When you're talking about out, um, renovating for profit and then selling. There's the big one that a lot of people don't think of, which is uh, capital gains tax, and it's important um, because that's when you say, "Oh, well, if we work out the numbers, and then the government takes 50%, um, that's something that you really need to be aware of, you know, because that can turn a, a good result into a very poor result if that hasn't been factored in." Well, that was great advice from Daniel, and definitely something to bear in mind when you're interviewing agents and, and working out what their commission structures would be for either selling or renting out your property. And they can vary uh, between cities as well as um, regional areas too. I know our experience in the Wollongong area with um, a rental agency was that the fee tended to be a little bit higher, but we knew we were getting someone who was quality in a in a market where there were less yeah, agents. Yeah, so we pay 7% monthly um, management fee to our agent. And I know in Sydney, many of those fees are around 5%. So you know, it does depend on where the property actually is located. So that's fees. What are the other key things you need to think about when you are selecting a 
real estate agent. So one of the other really important things is I I would want to know what other properties similar to yours have they sold or let recently? And then I'd ask them how long were they on the market for and what results that they achieved with that sale or that um, tenancy. So you want to see their track record and you want them to be able to explain it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, why, why not? You, you want to know that this person has good experience selling or renting out the types of properties that you have. I think that's fair enough. And what about marketing the property? What sorts of questions should you be asking and what sorts of things should you be looking for? Well, the key one and the really simple one is how they would market your property. Is it going to be a private treaty that they'd recommend or would they prefer to go to auction? Some more distinctive or unusual properties, they might do expressions of interest, which we've had personal experience in because we owned one of the oldest houses um, in the suburb that we were living in um, about six or seven years ago. In southern was, Sydney, yep. Yeah, and it was it was quite different. There weren't many left like it, so it was very hard to, to pull a number worth. out of the, out, yeah. you know, to try and work out how much you should market it for. So I think that's really important, working out how you're going to pitch your property, your sale or you're renting out there to the market. We talked about communication before as another factor that should determine whether or not you go ahead with a particular real estate agent. We've had some good ones and we've had some experience with some not so good ones, <laughs> um, but communication and having a great relationship and rapport is a really important um, factor for us when selecting an agent. Because well, it sucks to be left in the dark, doesn't it? Big I mean, time. like anything to do with properties, it can be really stressful. Or to feel like you're being wound up and and, uh, and taken advantage of. You just want the information you need when you need it and not to have to chase it all the time. If you can find an agent like that, I think you're on a winner. And I think the same goes the other way, making sure that you're being open and honest and providing feedback to agents as quickly as you can um, when they're looking for that in order to move forward with an offer or whatever the part of the the transaction is. That's right. I think the last sort of key um, general thing to ask is what result do they think is possible? And some of this will come out of, you know, what's currently in the market for sale or or for rent, but what do they think they can achieve? And I think once you talk to a few different people, say three or four, you'll get to see what is generally expected. There's probably going to be one person who's either really high or really low. I don't know, you may want to cancel them out straight away. Um, Sort of works the same way as when you're getting quotes for trades. So hopefully now you're getting a better feel for some of the things you need to think about when you're looking for a real estate agent who will either help you sell your property or rent it out after you've done your renovation. Earlier in the process, it's important to have other experts to help you along the way, like a good mortgage broker, because finding the money for a new home or even a renovation can be really tough. And there are so many lenders and so many products out there. So just like when you're looking for a good tradie or an interior stylist, it always helps to get a recommendation from someone you trust. We've worked with Stephen Lem and the team at Mortgage Choice Neutral Bay in Northern Sydney for years. Yeah, they helped us into our first home, the one that Lauren was talking about earlier, with a really great deal that was right for us. And Stephen's looked after us ever since. And we, of course, um, got him via a recommendation. It was we a mate sure of mine who'd, um, who'd been helped by Stephen and too. And we've recommended him to friends since. That's right. So if you're looking for someone you can trust to find the right home loan for you, we can recommend Stephen can look after you as well. Just search Mortgage Choice Neutral Bay. And now, Scotty, I thought it would be really helpful if we did some more specific tips, both for renting and then also for flipping. So I think we'll start with renting. Why don't you kick us off with our first tip? All right. So the first tip that we've got is 
don't get greedy and price yourself out of the market. It's important to to take your agent's advice about what is realistically achievable. I think, you know, sometimes people argue over $5 a week here or there. And the thing is, if that puts someone off a potential renter, then you might wait an extra week or two to get someone in there, which cancels out that $5 altogether. Better idea, set an achievable goal, go for that. After six or 12 months, then you can look at potentially putting the rent up if need be. Yeah, get someone in there, lock them down for 12 months, know you've got that income coming and get them in as quickly as possible because the sooner that you get somebody in there, the quicker they help you to start paying off that debt. It's not something that you want to carry around for an extra two, three, four weeks while you wait to achieve that that rent of, Which you might know, not be much more. So I think our second tip here is, uh, and this is really important, make sure you pick the right agent. I know it's important to pick the right agent also when you're going to be flipping the house, but you're going to be signing a contract possibly for six or 12 months, depending on the length of the lease that you will be working with this agent for. You're entrusting them to help maintain your property, to liaise with the tenants that are going to be in there. So you really need to pick someone who's efficient, a really good communicator, someone who knows the local market well, and also someone who has a local network of trades. Especially if you don't live in that area. That's right. So for instance, we live in Sydney, but our property that we renovated is down in the Wollongong area. So we wanted to make sure we had an agent who was well established in the community. Been there for a long time. Been there for a long time and had a good network that they could call on if they needed to. And someone that answers their phone. That's very important. I hate that. I hate leaving voicemails all the time. In fact, now now I just hang up. I don't leave voicemails. No, but um, of course, you know, if they're responsive on email too, that's good. But communication is key, as we've Even said better, a couple of times who, already. Who wants to talk on the phone anymore? <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Try to be flexible when it comes to who you will accept into your property. One really great example of this is people who have pets. Yes. Renters are dog and cat and fish and bird lovers just as much as people who own their own houses. So as long as it fits in with the type of property that you have, for instance, if there's um, a backyard for a dog to go out into, then you know try and be flexible about who you allow to apply and approve for your property. And even if um, you do have a yard, think about whether it's necessary to have a rule about no pets in the house because in most cases, tenants will want to live in a nice, clean, enjoyable property and they're going to make sure that they that they clean up after their pets because they don't want to um, live in a in an uncomfortable or an unclean environment. Yeah, and I mean, if you're worried about it, one way around it is to make sure that your agent really does keep on top of doing the inspections, whether that's quarterly or a couple of times a year, um, just to make sure that everything is still okay um, if the people have pets and that there's no damage or anything like that to the property. And as is every four months, which is a little more frequent than what you would tend to get usually, which is um, every six months. Yeah, and our tenants do have pets. They have a dog and a cat, I think. Yeah, and they like um, each other very much. And the dog's an inside dog (laughs) and we're okay with that because we're dog people. That's right. And um, as long as the property isn't being damaged, as you said, Lauren, I think it's, it's absolutely fine. But when you do have pets or tenants of any kind, you need to have building insurance. You do. I mean, that's going to be a requirement um, of your bank in order to secure the loan. You should also think strongly about getting landlord insurance. So, for example, in our case, we only pay a few hundred dollars a year, but it's just peace of mind that if there's um, damage caused by the tenants or if they fail to possibly pay the rent, um, there's some recourse for compensation then as the owners of that property. 
Okay, so some really good tips there if you're looking to rent out your property. But what about if you're flipping, if you've um, developed this property, you've turned it over really quickly and now you want to sell it for some profit. Any other tips for those people? Well, I will take this first one because this is right up my alley. My tip is to style the house before selling. Now, I know maybe you feel like you've blown the budget on, you know, the renovation of the kitchen or the bathroom or the landscaping, but it's a really important part of the process to style a house so that potential buyers can get uh, a feeling for how they might live in the space as well. So this might. Involve- it's, it's, this is this is where the the, the magic happens, right? People it being is. able to imagine themselves in that property. Yeah, that's right. They do need to be able to visualise themselves in there. They also need um, just a practical sense of what sort of sofa fits in this space. Oh, we've got a three seater. Oh, I can see that they've put a four seater in here. Ours will fit no problem. Oh, that room does fit a queen size bed. We've got a queen size bed. So it's just these practical sort of process for potential buyers to go through to see that their life can fit into this property. And you want to put your best foot forward. And so if the place looks great both inside and out, and if it looks livable and it looks enticing, people will be prepared to pay more. You will need to throw a little bit of money at this possibly. Are you um, talking about buying stuff to put in there or renting? How does that work? It may be a combination. Your own so things? you might decide to hire a property stylist who has their own kit and they'll negotiate a package for you for the, the marketing period of your property, which might be a month or six weeks, depending on where the property is. So you might rent some furniture you might use some of your own furniture or it could even be a combination but you just need to to do that just to add that heart back in remember our heart rule 80 20 20 this, this is, is a, the 20 this is a big well this is about 10 percent of the 20 because <laughs> the other 10 percent is like you know making sure the work that you've done has a bit of soul yes and what's our last tip for flippers scotty well obviously you want the best price possible but you also really do want a quick sale so that you can settle the mortgage get your hands on the profit and and either move on to the next project or, or get back to your you know your your nine to five job. That's right. You might need you might need a holiday by that stage. I'm thinking. Yeah, I reckon. Uh, for me, it's the same rule that applies with selling as it does with renting. You might hang in there for that extra ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, but if you can get a quick sale and you can move on, and you're getting above what you had planned to get, then great, you know, nail that, get that done and get it out of there. And I mean, the flipping side of things probably is, you know, it's a more risky proposition. So if you get a good solid offer that meets the expectations that you set for yourself before you started the project, then grab it because you've you've still got to settle the mortgage. You've probably got to pay capital gains tax. There's a whole bunch of other things you need to do with that money before you can take your cut. Yeah, but overall or above all, be realistic. So we're getting to the the end of the the renovation for profit process. Yeah, it's the it's the pointy end. When you're out there marketing the property, working with real estate agents and hopefully getting a sale. I mean, this is what we've been working towards over these last eight or 10 episodes. We've been helping everybody through this process. You want to get to the end and, and feel happy and enjoy it. And hopefully we've we've helped you along the way. But wait, there's more. <laughs> we actually Tim have- Shaw's in the building. Tim Shaw, he's here with his steak knives and his leather shoe and his tomato and all that sort of thing. Um, we actually have two more episodes to go into in this series. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to be giving you an extended chat with our expert real estate agent, Daniel Acox from the agency, and it's really worth listening to. Yeah, and I will say that we did record it a few months ago, uh, and we talked a lot about the market and how property is going in this country right now. And obviously, uh, there's been a bit of an economic downturn in relation to property, and um, that's something that we do explore. A lot of the things that he says um, do ring true, but he also does talk about property being 
being a long-term investment, a long-term game, and to think about that in the context of the headlines that you might read on you know domain.com.au or the Sydney Morning Herald about property prices, you know, yeah, going off Yeah, because every day it feels like it's a different headline. It's, well, it in 12, hard to know. 12 or 18 months ago, we had the exact opposite and everybody was worried about prices going too high. So It's hard to know what to believe, which I think is why it's so important to have good experts up your sleeve, right? And then, of course, um, our final episode is all about our wonderful listeners. Oh, our lovely listeners, our podcasters. We want you to send us any questions that you might have about renovating for profit. We've already had a few come through. Um, so this might be about the process, how to work with trades, DIYing, finding finance, finding an agent, or even my specialty, styling for sale. Just send your questions via a DM on Instagram at Lauren Keenan Home, or you can email Lauren. It's lauren at laurenkeenan.com.au. Note that new email address and we'll pop that in the show notes in your favourite podcast app. Hey, and by the way, if you've enjoyed this season, please make sure to jump onto your favourite podcast app and give us a, a mention and, and, and a, a rating. rating. It does help other people come across the show and helps other people discover it and, and hopefully enjoy it too. So, that. so that's it for today's episode. Thanks to Mortgage Choice Neutral Bay, our trusted mortgage broker who can help find the right home loan for you. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. Bye, podcasters.